0: What's the word, America? We are back in action. It's your boy Sherman Obed, back with you once again here on What's the Word Entertainment. Man, it's good to be back. Been out for a little while, but you know we're back at it. Uh, everything's been happening with the world these days. We definitely needed some uh, some joy, some entertainment here. Uh, so Obed, good to see you, my friend. How you been, sir?
1: Board of the house, and i man in the house board.
0: <laughs> I feel you, dude. Dude, everything has been just been wild. It's, it's it's you know the world the way that it is with the whole the pandemic and still going on. You know, I've said it many times. I thought this was all over by now, but it's just been crazy, dude. You know, I know. We're out here in the DMV. You know, we were talking offline for a little bit. You know, things are starting to get a little bit better. Things are opening up. But uh, hopefully, you know, we got some more, you know, I guess, accessibility to certain things as the weeks and months come, come up, you know? Um, yep. Yeah. How was how it, just briefly, how is it out there for you?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's taken a, its own turn. Um, and there are obviously, you know, you wanna do the right thing, which is whether you believe it or not, is to wear a mask. You know, I have family members who are in high-risk groups that my, my sister has a child, my mother is in her 60s, you know, individuals that I need to be careful about when I see after random, going to places where there are random people who I don't know who they interact with. Um, but again, listen, you, you go ahead and you stick to your constitutional rights to get together and not wear a face mask, even though a face mask doesn't hurt you at all, uh, and we'll see how the rest of the year goes.
0: Yeah, dude, it's always, it's like, it's just always going to be something, you know, you got to, you got to do what you can to protect yourself and protect others yeah. at all costs, dude. And I mean, and really this whole thing, it's, it's, it's affecting sports in a big way. you know, as we know, you know, the NBA season was suspended, NHL was suspended, almost everything was suspended, you know, um, and we're, as we're gearing up, you know, we're getting really deep in the summer here now, we're almost about to be in July and things yep. are kind of rolling, you know, this is starting to when, you know, when, when football is kind of you know, getting in session, you know, starting practicing and training camp and things like that. We're going to get to professional here in a little bit, but let's get into it a little bit. Um, we're going to start out with college just a little bit. I don't know if you saw that uh, a bunch of more Clemson football players just tested positive. I think I it was at like 14 more, bringing the total to 37 now. And uh, there's also been some staff members even tested positive as well. Now, this is just, I feel like this is just the beginning of where you're going to see a gambit of an array of college athletes and things like that testing more about Possibly testing positive uh, and i think that this will definitely impact the start of the season we, like i said we've already saw it with basketball and baseball being on hold and things like that we'll get into those later but uh it, I, I think that if the cases begin to rise whether it's just in clemson or if it goes to let's say alabama it goes to miami usc things like that i think we are going to have an issue where season is delayed or might not even happen at all uh, you know, so I mean, I really wanted to get your thoughts in here because I think we're we're getting down to the nitty gritty, down to the wire, where they need to make a decision and figure out what's going to happen soon.
1: Yeah, we've got two months. Uh, it's funny, we have two months left before the kind of official start of the NFL season. Uh, and if you look around, numbers are increasing in certain places that actually you know are going to be holding a lot of the football events. Uh, Florida has had their cases increasing. And you do know a lot of teams down there, guys like Tom Brady, probably not setting a great example, uh, practicing with his players, not using social distancing. That not, not, doesn't seem like they're wiping down balls or anything, keeping distance. Um, what I think is gonna happen, because as we've seen, there is a, lot, there's a lack of care for the health and wellness of collegiate athletes. Um, they're treated like cattle, they make a lot of money. Really, this is all money driven. If there's ever a reason to say that we need to start paying the kids, it's listening to coaches talk about how, of oh, it's not affecting the kids. Uh, they, it, to them, it's less than, when anybody immediately starts off with, oh, it's less severe than the flu, uh, that just spits on the face of family members, of medical healthcare workers who have to watch other people's family members die. Medical healthcare workers who have died because they contracted COVID uh, because we're not supporting them. Um, if it comes down to it, what i think is going to happen and this is also going to be on the on the nfl side is that there's going to be a season and your kid, your players are just going to keep t- contracting covid swaths of, of school kids are going to go to these games they're going to contract covid and you're just going to watch teams say okay well this person is not playing this week with a designation of covid infection this is going to wreak havoc on on sports this is going to wreak havoc on vegas because what's it going to look like when you know, Clemson has tw- two or three key players on the team in a game they're supposed to win, not play, and then they lose this game, and Vegas loses a lot of money, right? Vegas is going to come out and be like, we need to know what is actually happening because imagine how close you're playing information to the chest. You're probably not yeah, going to tell people when guys they, get COVID. They lose some random
0: games into so like Louisiana of Lafayette or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, half of their D-line is out and a couple, you know, running backs are out or something like that.
1: Yeah. And Vegas will never say, oh, well, West Lafayette is going to win this game. You know, let's push the line that way. They're going to make sure the line stays on Clemson. They're going to support their underdog. And what happens in the game when a Vegas gets hit for $6 billion on a day, you know?
0: Exactly. It's it's going to affect, uh, like I said, a, a gambit of things across the board. You know, I, I like I said, if if – positive tests begin to rise throughout the nation. I guess, you know, and of course, as we know, there's a lot more college football players than there are professional football players because you have, what, 60, 80 guys on a college football team, you know what I mean? Um, so it's going to, across the entire country, you know what I mean, every single state, you know? So it's, 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 it's going to be a bigger de- case. I don't want to say bigger deal, bigger deal be in the college ranks compared to the NFL if they're not taking the proper precautions what they need to take. Um, that's why I say it, very, it is a very good possibility that we, not, we might not have college football this 2020 season. Now, if we do have college football, I don't think they're going to have fans in the stands.
1: Not at all. Not My at all. Point. Yeah. right
0: they we'll be playing in empty or in empty arenas and feeling on like empty fields you know they'll just be like i said the necessary personnel referees yeah. and camera crews and things Who like has that has to be there yeah right kind of you know, like the
1: nba has been talking about with this their new startup it's like well we'll have some families and stuff here after the first round yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah well i don't know they're probably not even gonna have family I mean, you know like because it's college yeah. it's it's gonna be probably even limited more limited you know less media and things like that so i think we're like what I said, it? it's, it's almost July now, right? Yeah. You've got to get in training camp soon.
1: And if you want practicing. to be ready to like actually be effective on the field and get your, cause these programs who want to start fast and be faster, the biggest programs who know that they could take advantage of this season.
0: Exactly. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, things aren't necessarily fully, fully back to where things were. I would say the next couple of weeks, it's going to be tight. I'll, I'll say that to say the least.
1: Sherman, sure, let me ask you a question. What do you think about all of the events and ceremonies that occur around fantasy football that we're not thinking about? We're just talking about games. We're talking about the actual game. What about College Game Day with all of the fans behind them? What about uh, when the University of Texas football players walk up and they walk through a sea of people to get into the stadium? Like, all of these ceremonies that we are, are find ways to market and, and get football out to people are no longer there. What does that look like on the monetary side?
0: Yeah, and you said certainly all the tra- you know college football is rich in tradition. You know, you have Clemson, you know, running down the you know the part of the part of the arena through the through the crowd, the you know, players. You know what I mean? There's so many different traditions where teams interact, as you mentioned, with you know, like I said, college game, they would fan- all the fans behind them. Yeah. It's going to be a completely different outlook for this upcoming season if the, old, if the cases with COVID-19 begin to still burst still even just stagnant as the way they are now or if they yeah. rise. You know, it's going to be a really, really different year. It's going to be a different branding almost. Um, like I said, college has – college football, like I've said this before. College football, you can make the argument that college football is, is arguably, arguably the second biggest sport in, the, in this country. Absolutely. behind behind professional football. You know, you can yeah. maybe say, you can maybe say NBA, probably NBA, maybe NBA number two, but you can make a very good argument that college football is the second biggest sport, and yeah. you have such followings because of their traditions, and they you said, their ceremony, different ceremonies and things like that that happen each and out every week and every and every year it's it's going to be a very different outlook i'm not sure what they're going to do you may have these programs where they are just in studio or you know separated you know uh like six feet apart with the announcers but you're not going to have you know like i said like game, game days where fans are all in the back streaming with their signs and things like that you're not going to have where teams are you know are high-fiving or, you know, with, with the, with the with the students and fans in, in the arenas and things like that, you're not going to have that stuff, dude. I'm telling you. They're going to take every precaution overly – they're going to be over-precautious too just because what is happening. And I think it's just going to be – it's going to be a very mundane sort of outlook, sort of sort of game, sort of style. Um, yeah. It's just – I don't think it's going to be as fun. I think as long as they – here's the thing with me. If I get to see college football, I will be happy. If I don't yeah. get to see college football at all – I'm going to be pretty upset. So at least if we can see the product on the field, I think we'll be okay.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: So we're going to see what happens there. Um, other college football news just one quick, quickly wanted to touch on uh, was the Reggie Bush situation. A couple of weeks back, it was announced that USC, USC had lifted their um, their ban on Reggie Bush and basically now allowing him back in the door. Pretty much, <laughs> you know, they took um,
1: They took him off of being blocked on Facebook.
0: <laughs> right right they they accepted his friend request again basically exactly
1: exactly
0: <laughs> you know so his 10-year disassociation from the school was finally lifted um as we all know he was convicted of, uh, that was 10 years ago that his family had taken money and gifts and things like that and compensation um, while his time at USC. Now, he didn't take anything. Remember that. He didn't take anything. It was his family that took, took something. So, which I think is absolutely ridiculous that he had to basically just, the university had to basically just pretend he didn't exist for 10 years. So, you know what? Even though you did all this for us, you don't exist to us for 10 years. Give us 10, give us 10 years and peace out. And you, and you can come back to us. It's basically like saying, it's like, you know what? Like, you, you go with a chick. You, she's the best chick you ever had in your world. You know what? Wait, we're going to take a little break. Come at, come at me in a few years and we'll be good again. You know what I mean? Right. And don't ever yeah. talk to me again. It's kind of like, wait, what just happened? You're not even going to acknowledge that you had that experience with that person. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and, it's very Michael Corleone where it's like, hey, listen, the heat's on you right now. We got to send you to the Italian countryside. And then when things cool down, you can come back.
0: <laughs> right. right. And the fact that they not only took away USC's win totals and their championship that year, they took away his Heisman Trophy. And people were wondering, oh, should they give it back? Should they give it back? Of course they should give it back. No I question. mean, it's ridiculous to say the least that they took away his individual award for his performance on the field. Okay, this is like, this is the, the utter hypocrisy and just ridiculousness that exists within the NCAA, which I cannot stand. I mean, the fact that they took it as a war because of what happened, it's is, is just so uh, idiotic to me. It's like, oh, bet if I would to say to you, come work for my company, okay? You know, I'm going to bring you on as an employee. You're going to work for my company. You do excellent work. A couple years down the line, I say, hey, Obed, by the way, I'm going to give your family members, ai am going to send your family members on a trip uh, across country. Not you, just, just your family members, no problem. And all of a sudden, the board of directors say, you know what, Obed, you can't be associated with this company anymore because sure, he sent your family members on a trip around the, around the country. Who cares? It doesn't affect you. You still show up to work every single day. You did your job what you were supposed to do. It didn't affect your performance in any sort of way. So why, what I, I don't understand this, like I said, the NCAA, it's just them trying to be the powerhouse that they want to be and showcase their, their, with their will and what have you, and just be walking the door and say, yo, we're the man kick rocks. That's basically what they're trying to do.
1: And you have to, you know, give the backdrop of the, we're being investigated for impropriety because he had somebody close to him had received some kind of benefits that is improper per NCAA rules, which are draconian rules that keep kids from getting out of the cycle of being someone's property. Um, Because as we've heard from like the Oklahoma state players, your coach will come up to you and be like, Hey, I'm going to send you back to the place that you came from. If you don't play the way I want you to play, right. You're out here threatening that I'm not going to be able to see the success that comes from my sport. Because you don't like what I'm putting together, even though I work very hard, you're going to send me back to poverty, where you found me from in the first place. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's nonsense to me, because we all know how this game is played. Um, you know, I, I, you think about them being upset at the Heisman Trophy, how much value did he add to USC? How much star power, how much money did he add to USC? That when things came down the pipeline, they are just like, I don't know, we don't have anything to do with him. And you turn your back on somebody, on one of your greatest sons, because you wanted to save your ass. And this is what these schools do all the time. I mean, look at Auburn. Auburn trying to disassociate themselves from Cam Newton, who single handedly, you know, won them a national championship because under they Vita found a season and a Heisman Trophy. the season a Heisman Trophy just because. They, somebody paid his father $180,000 for him to go to that school. At the end of the day, these kids deserve to make money off of their own name, and this is how much money they're willing to pay a pittance. What I'm telling you, get someone to do the financial broadcast. What did the Heisman Trophy uh, undefeated season, Cam Newton's win, make for them financially that it only cost them $180,000? that's a steal right,
0: right exactly And then you know what take all take the money away from the school that they made off of that season then how about that absolutely and you know what you damn you better damn well believe the school ain't giving that money back okay not at all
1: they never will exactly. they never will
0: you look exactly the same thing with reggie bush and those guys did for usc and they were, what was it was at 04 05 things mm-hmm, like that dude mm-hmm. they were on top of the world they ran mm-hmm. the state of california practically the yep. damn country yep. they were ridiculous that squad with him, Lendell White, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, man, they were just running through cats out there, dude. And that school made millions and millions of dollars. So you know what? At USC and NCAA, take the money away from the school then, too, because you know what? Then if, if everyone wants to give stuff back, give the whole school back.
1: You I was about that. to say, how do you take away his accolades, but you don't take away the money? And so exactly. another thing, let's, let's not look at USC. Let's look at another California school that has had some impropriety issues. Uh, does anybody remember the UCLA Bruins from the 70s, from the eighties and nineties? Excuse me, the sixties, seventies, eighties and nineties. You got to look at Dan Gilbert, John Wooden. To um, bless his heart, was a very upstanding, high moral fiber person. John Wooden would never be a part of any kind of impropriety. But that doesn't mean that John Wooden's school that he was working at didn't have a booster by the name of Sam Gilbert. Uh, Sam Gilbert and Sam Gilbert ran a money laundering scheme to finance a world poker tour stop in the eighties and was a booster for almost 20 years. Are we taking away the championships that occurred the entire time he was the booster? No, we're not. we were looking back at the UCLA Bruins and being like, man, they were a great team. They did this and that and this. And what if they had a slush fund behind them? Are you going to go in there and be like, mm-hmm. okay, we're taking away John Wooden's championships, mm-hmm. We're taking away all the money. UCLA is a huge school now because mm, of all of the, in basketball, because of all those wins. Mm. We take all that stuff away. Oh no, we just no not That was then, you know, that was back when nobody knew about it. So nobody cares. Yeah. This guy was, was being investigated by the FBI, but that's not a big reason for him to, to not be allowed <laughs> to games. You know, it's craziness.
0: That's just, this is why the NCAA is full of hypocrisy. I'll say it again. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous that they want to make their own rules and follow their own way, but not, you know what I mean, but not buy by themselves. They want to make others pay, but not pay themselves in the schools. That's Privilege, it's
1: privilege. Right. You know, the NCAA is a a group, a consortium. They don't need to be there. We don't need the NCAA to coordinate our sports, but this is the role that they've etched for themselves.
0: Yeah, it's just, I feel like it's just an ongoing thing that'll never end. Uh, You know, we can talk about this for days, but it's just going to think that it'll just continue – And you know what, at this point, it is what it is. So let's let's move on, sir. Um, Let's get into some basketball action here. The the NBA is going to finally get to resume um, pretty shortly here at the end end of July, about another month or so to go. Uh, I believe tip-off will be July 31st. Uh, which highlights you know some excuse me, some pretty good games. to me, July 30th, tip um, off between Utah and New Orleans, and then LA versus LA, which is nice, an opening night. Um, now, of course, as we know, the NBA season was suspended due to COVID 19. Now, the games will be played in Orlando within a bubble. There'll be a lot of a lot of uh, restrictions going on. Um, people will be getting tested all constantly, things like that. It will def- definitely be pretty different, and then teams not getting to play in their home arenas each and every night. Uh, without their fans, I think that's going to have an effect. Um, Just quickly, first looking at the schedule, which which was recently released, and each team, I believe, is going to be playing an eight-game schedule. Um, Any games, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to opening night, L.A. versus L.A., Clippers and Lakers. Any other games that may stand out to you, Obed, that you're interested in seeing? And then um, really just what do you think it's going to be like with kind of no fans around?
1: So just to start off, I'm going to say that uh, baseball could have learned from international rules football or basketball and what it takes to find middle ground. I actually got this snippet from an article about the restart that the NBA and NBA players association recently reached an agreement to extend until September 30 said until September, the original 60 day window that preserves the league's right. Right to terminate the collective bargaining agreement in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, sources told ESPN. The extension prolongs the NBA's ability to trigger the nuclear option to its economic crisis, terminating the CPA under the force majeure event provision, which it could have done within two months of the March 11 shutdown of the league. They did not trigger a catastrophic financial decision because they knew it was more important for them to focus on getting the season started back up, making sure that they had their sport While teams, while organizations like baseball bickered between billionaires and millionaires to just play the games and move forward. When the Bundesliga has just finished out their season, crowned their champion, they are done. They finished their season. They they were the first one to open up and show us how it's done. And these organizations just couldn't figure it out. So my hat's off to the NBA and the NBA Players Association for coming together and making it happen, even though some people didn't want to. Uh, My concern is that, like we said earlier, some of these areas where COVID cases are going up Florida, they want to play in Florida. What does that look like if, you know, the city that they want to operate in has an increase in cases? That's not good. As far as, I mean, am I excited that they're opening? Absolutely. Games I'm looking forward to, that opening night game, you know, the one silver lining of COVID, plenty of rest for Kawhi Leonard. So I'm just looking forward to actually seeing him probably play eight consecutive games in a row because you haven't had to do anything for a long time, and I'm sure you just haven't. <laughs> Uh, On Saturday, the 31st, Boston versus Milwaukee, definitely looking forward to that game. Uh, You know, they they really wanted to come in with some potential playoff shootout matches, Um, the the Miami versus Denver game. One thing for me, and that's, I believe, on Sunday, um, Skinny Joker, is he going to be able to be himself? I don't know if you've seen these pictures of of, uh, uh, Jokic, but he looks like he's lost 40 pounds. He looks like Christoph Porzingis, you know, and <laughs> I just, right. I just not sure like how that's going to work for him on the court, but we'll see who's been in the gym. I mean, Rudy Gobert, you know, look at the pictures of him online. He looks like he is COVID free and in, in good shape and hopefully okay. he doesn't, you know, interesting enough, he, his team, the Utah Jazz gets to play the first opening game when we canceled the season because of his ass mm, um, mm, being reckless, very reckless. Um, and, but, you know, uh, excuse me, Sherman, how do you feel about this being good for the league or bad for the league? I think it's actually
0: good for the league. I mean, they needed to resume the season. We all know we couldn't just have a just cap a just stoppage like that. We need to obviously we need to have some sort of champion and acknowledge the season, especially where things were going with the two LA teams and in Milwaukee and things like that. Everyone was excited about this year. Um, I think the NBA is doing all that they can. Um, being, you know, having just just in one set location is a very good idea. Not, you don't have guys traveling back and forth, back and forth to different cities. I think it's a they're doing a tremendous job. Adam Silver has done a great job as commissioner. You know, really kind of taking the head of this thing. Um, I'm looking forward to the season. It will be a little bit different without fans in the stands, especially when you're on when you're at home, especially come playoff time you rely on that crowd energy to kind of get your team motivated and things like that. So it will be a different, however, it will be an even playing field though for each and every team, so which will be kind of different. So, which mm-hmm. has, which might not necessarily be a bad thing for some cases, because especially some some cases where teams have home court advantage and now no one has home court advantage. So everyone's on an equal playing field, you know, mm-hmm. so we'll really try to see who's, you know, uh, who really legitimate winner here. Now what we'll, Will this season be a legitimate season? It's going to be different because, like you mentioned before a bit, Kawhi Leonard, he's had time to rest and get healthy, things like that. Let's say the season had continued, or even not just Kawhi, any other player who had a lingering injury, they've got time to, to fully recover now. So that can change the outlook of their team. Because let's say you had a guy who had a knee sprain, an ankle sprain, whether the case is he might be limited in minutes, things like that. Now he's had the last two, three months off to fully heal yeah. boom, he's going to back, be back to 100% if at all possible. And so it's going to change how the playoffs in the rest this season uh, fall, fall, falls out to be. So that's why I think it's it's pretty interesting. Um, like I said, I think it's it's, it's great for the league. Um, I'm going to definitely be watching it 100%. Um, you know, now if I was debating or not whether or not the championship would be legitimate. Now, And I thought back to then was it was in the 1999 season where the, we had a shortened year because of the strike. So if only a fifty-game season, where they say the Spurs won that, uh, or you know, over the Knicks, I believe, and everyone acknowledges that championship, the Spurs won their Spurs won a championship. Tim Duncan got his first ring. Dave Robinson got his first ring. Heck, so you know what? If the fact that we're playing what almost, almost, almost an entire season here, just say we took a little break, I say they will absolutely be legitimate. You know, we'll have a true champion, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I will. I'll echo your sentiments on that. That technically this should be a legitimate championship. Uh, or excuse me, technically, no, this should not be a legitimate ta- championship. But theoretically speaking, um, if okay. the same teams perform per pre-COVID conditions, how can we say that it isn't somewhat legitimate, right? Like if we end up having L.A. play L.A. with a trajectory that we both saw them on leading up until pre-COVID, then we're good. Now, if the Wizards and Portland play for the NBA championship, uh, I think there's going to be an asterisk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I don't know if that might will happen on bed. Because, goodness, great! If that happens, dude, I'm not watching that John.
1: Hey, right what now. happens when when uh, you know um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James both contract COVID and can't play, right? And then there, they get lined up against Portland, and Damian Lillard comes out here and shoots up the gym against mm. the B-squad of a team that they actually have around them. That's the thing. Now, you have to look at that. If somebody it just just develops any
0: sort of symptoms, they get a cough, they get a sneeze, mm-hmm. they get a runny nose, dude. They get mm-hmm. a backache. They're like, yo, dude, you out, chill. That's exactly. going to affect things quite a bit. You know, Like you said, if LeBron has to sit out for one or two games they, in, in the playoffs – that could be a hindrance to them I, mean, I could have, that, if it's me, against a team like the Clippers you know if if Giannis has to sit out a few games in the playoffs against let's say Boston or something dude the Milwaukee we, team. we already
1: know what the Bucks look like without Giannis Antetokounmpo so dude, you know right nah, there
0: they, they are doing straight nada okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't even get off the high school bus y'all don't even need to get into the arena we know nah, it's gonna be an L
0: that's what I'm saying so it's yeah. This is going to be – I think they need to follow the restrictions as much as possible. Because even if, let's say, someone gets it, and to be so, there's a lot of people getting – even professional football players are even getting – you know, we saw Ezekiel Elliott the other day. He has He's feeling well. Uh, shout out to him. But, like, yeah. let's say LeBron gets it. He's feeling fine. He's okay. Things like that. They're not going to let him play. That's just a, that's just a fact. That's the reality of the yeah. situation. They will not let anyone physically step on the court, even be in the arena. So, yeah. therefore, if they have to miss games, it's going to change everything completely. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's weird to see what's really going to – excuse me, it's interesting to see what's really going to happen here. And just quickly, looking at the standings, man, you know, if some – like you said, if somebody like the, Ma- or the Wizards and the Magic jump in here, the Nets jump in here, um, yeah. and going against like a, a Toronto or a Boston team who's got a couple people out because of COVID, and they all of a sudden they, – they advance in the playoffs, it's going to be a completely different season.
1: Right. Team what team what would out. the Raptors look like without Kyle Lowry, without, uh, Marc Gasol, Pascal Siakam, right? Like that. right. What could happen to that team? Yeah.
0: Right. And some, this is not even something like it's an injury that they had, you know, they were playing and things like this is just, yeah. you know, they could just be walking down the hall and some media person, you know, is breathing Coughs. on them, is coughing yeah. on them and they catch mm-hmm. it that way. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Like I said, I'm definitely going to 100% watch everything. Um, yeah. but it will be say, it'll be interesting to say the least. Uh, moving on, you had actually touched on baseball quite a bit, just a few minutes ago. And the fact that it took Major League Baseball, the PlayStation, this long to finally come to an agreement is absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. Just announced that they're going to have, we will have a baseball season. There will be a 60-game season starting towards the end of July um why did it take so long Obed? and what was really the hold up here I mean I just don't get why we got two sides couldn't agree obviously it's a money thing of course we all know that but I feel like if you want your product bad enough all, out there you you make you make a decision uh baseball and I'm, I know I'm not looking at the players ocean. I'm looking at the league itself um, you want your guys out there. You also want your guys out there bringing in revenue for you, too. That's why I'm kind of surprised. So, I mean, you're going to get media revenue, obviously. You're not going to get the fan, the, the, the fan revenue because they the games without fans. But you will have the media revenue. So why not bring them back as much as possible and make money off it?
1: I 100% completely agree with you, Sherman. I mean, honestly, why, why don't you want to start the league up again? First, they say, okay, we want X number of games fully prorated. Logic would tell us that that makes sense. We're not charging you for a full season, but we want whatever our per game average is to be paid for the games that we play. That makes sense. But of course, the good old boy network of privilege of the ownership of MLB always has to be greedy, always has to make this thing something other than the fact that like, there's a higher calling here because you're going to make money Regardless, as long as they turn on the lights, you're going to make money, right? So the idea that you go out of your way to then limit the number of games. Well, no, we don't want to pay you your full prorated. Wait a second, why would you not pay me my prorated full amount for what I'm supposed to make every day for the days that I play? What are you talking about? I mean, what kind of labor dispute nonsense are you trying to pull when people are actually dealing with far greater than the fact that we can't play the sport? We want us to come back and play the sport that we can bring some normalcy to the areas of America that are about to be really hit hard with this, who love their sport of baseball, who love their sport of football. Um, I just, it it took so long because of strong headed nonsense. And I'm going to, you're going to hear me use that term more and more often, but you know, Mm Hey, the least let's be happy that they have a season. Now this 60 game season that they're going to start at the end of July. Do you think this is going to work without fans?
0: I, it's going to be very different. And here's the thing also too, even with, even though there's going, not going to be fans, they're still playing in their own ballparks if I'm not mistaken, I'm yeah. mistaken. So they will be traveling back and forth. They will be going from New York to LA, yeah. to Florida, to Seattle, yeah. things like that. So even though there's not fans, I think you're exposing, you're still exposing your players and putting them at risk to contract this virus with, with the travel aspects of it, I like what the – as I said before, I like what the NBA did by keeping their players and teams in a bubble in one set location. Now, granted, it's, well, it's much short of a span, so I understand it, because this is 60 games compared to a game regular season for the NBA and then and, and, and just playoffs. So I get it. Like I said I completely understand it. I I agree with it, but I understand it. So i will it to work without the fans. It's going to be very different just playing an empty, silent arena – kind of like we said with basketball, you know, especially when you're indoors in basketball compared to being outdoors in baseball, these baseball, you have noise in the background, you have traffic, you know, if you're in the Bronx in Yankee stadium, you got, you got traffic going in the background. You got trains running by, you got police sirens going off because <laughs> it is the Bronx, <laughs> you know, right, but, exactly. <laughs> but um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit weird. Um, I'm, I, I don't see a bad thing in having the 60 game season, having a shorter season. You know, um, I think they've had it. They should have had shorter seasons much longer ago. Um, You know, I mean, I know, I'll ask you the same question. You will work without fans. And how do you feel about just having 60 games in in a major league baseball season?
1: So I'll be honest with you. I just, we've had this discussion about how profitable baseball is because, you know, what kind of money is a Tuesday doubleheader bringing in? What kind of money is a Wednesday afternoon game bringing in? Right. Like the talk about the revenue they're missing out on. I'm not sure it costs more to keep the lights on than to have like the very low viewership that they have. And to be quite honest, uh, baseball has been working without fans. Right. If you look at uh, baseball's viewership for their championship series, which is the World Series, it has been cratering over the last four years. It was the 28th most watched, uh, uh, world series in 2016, the 33rd in this in 17, the 42nd in 18, the 44th and 19, they are just losing them. Those numbers vary by, uh, you know, four or 5 million viewers down the line, um, they have, they've been doing it without fans. So I know that it doesn't make, it doesn't matter to them whether the fans are out there. Let me, let me ask
0: you this question. As you just said that Obed, do you think that has to do with the sport losing fan interest or the teams involved in a championship because of genetic ge- geographical reasons? Because I feel like if you have New York versus LA, you're going to have a lot more viewership, a lot bringing a lot more revenue compared to if you have, let's say, uh, Milwaukee versus Seattle, something like that, you know, Milwaukee
1: versus Arizona, Arizona.
0: right, you know, you may not have the viewership, you may not have to draw the attention of mass markets. And um, because let's face it, if you have, let's say you had, you know, a New York team versus an LA team, you're going to bring a lot more people. And you know, those a glitz and glamour, you know, yeah, yeah say Yankees versus Dodge or something like that, it's going to bring in a heck of a lot more viewership. So I just wanted to just touch just actually that quickly, you know, is it just because fans just don't like baseball as much anymore? Is it because, you know, football has taken over this country? Or is it really just teams itself?
1: I think it's a combination of both, but you have to think about these organizations, uh, organization MLB and, you know, the NBA, NFL, they want to start building viewership in some of these other markets. Like, yeah, Kansas City is a huge football market, but there's not a lot of viewers out there by comparison for a Super Bowl when you have them playing against the San Francisco 49ers but that's good for the sport because now you're bringing in more people, whether those people be Fairweather fans or actual people from that city who haven't enjoyed it before. Like that's a good thing to have now. Yes. You have to take on that. You're not going to have as many people watching that, that final, but I happen to believe that there is just less interest in baseball uh, than there were in the past. Baseball is not the powerhouse. As we've talked about that, uh, you know, NCAA football might be the second biggest sport in here. We didn't even mention MLB yet. So that means that we're talking about NFL, NCAA, NBA, and then we're talking about MLB. And I wonder because I feel like hockey is bigger than MLB in this sport, in this country. I, I don't feel like I don't watch okay. either as much, but I feel like the fandom is people want to say that they're a fan of a team of baseball, but I feel like people actually want to go and watch a hockey game. Um, it's, it's, but it's, again, it's, and this is me living in, in Capstown, so, you know.
0: <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Um, it's, it is interesting, though. I mean, I, I'm just wondering, you know, what happened to America's pastime, as they once it called
1: it. lacks enthusiasm. It lacks excitement. You pay 162 games to get to the end and see the same teams in the postseason. The most exciting times of baseball are the month of, of the opening and then when you start the playoffs. To give me a league that has the mo- more nondescript middle of the season than baseball, the dog days of summer. You guys are out here for three hours to have a two-one game. You gotta be Sing me. Are you serious, <laughs> <laughs> dude? Yeah, they're not drawing in.
0: As you mentioned before, how what are you? What are you? What who is paying attention to, to that Tuesday doubleheader? You know, Wednesday a at one at one p.m. game in the middle of August. let's, Let's be honest. Folks are at work and things like that. You know, they're not really watching that game.
1: And that's my thing. Who is who is going to the stadium and generating revenue? That revenue, there's no way that you have over encompassed your revenue by sales of tickets and food stubs, maybe alcohol on a Wednesday. At one in the afternoon, mm-hmm. you might as well have just simulated the game like Madden or something and just kept it moving. <laughs> right. You
0: know, um, I, I just don't see that. And it, there's no to me having 162 games. It's unnecessary. OK, and be, they have something that's so what they have to put these games that on Wednesday at 1 p.m. On a Thursday at 4 p.m. That's why, because they have so many damn games. You know, there's no reason why. The Mets and Nationals have to play each other 19 times in a season. There's no reason why the Yankees and the uh, Orioles need to play each other 19 times in a season. Play each other 13 times, spread out. You know what I mean? You know, spread the games out, or you play other divisional opponent, other divisions more throughout the season, and then lim- or just limit your games overall. You know what I mean? Um, I just think I think baseball
1: could get by with 100 games. Cut and 100 dry. games. 100 Dude, games, cut and dry.
0: And basketball is 82 games. Hockey, I believe, is 82 games as well. You know, um, there's no need to have 162 games. And like you said, you were playing double headers and things like that. And also because, too, when you have rainouts, you have to make up those games later on. So you're forced to play that doubleheader because you're forced to jam it in into the into season where you can. If you, if you have less games, that means you can space out. So if you do have a rain out delay, you can probably play that within a shorter time frame and you have time to recover things. So you don't have to play these doubleheaders. These are so much. You know what I mean? There's no need to have 162 games, it's absolutely ridiculous. You're traveling all the time. You're back and forth. You're back and forth. And you said you're playing back-to-back-to-back to back to back games. You know, you're playing – sometimes, you know, you know, there's no game. There'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boom, all in one straight-out gambit. You know, quite frankly, those Thursdays and Fridays, maybe people are not watching. Most people are going to go to the weekend games or the night game on a Friday night, things like that. So I think baseball needs to really take a look at it. And if if this season is a success just from, you know, maybe a viewership standpoint, you know, people not getting as hurt, hurt as much – and I think that could that plays a key factor. Why you're you're playing so many games that folks are more likely to be injured.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: baseball in the future should look at really dulling down some of the games, uh, the, the number of games. And that's just a fact. I just what I think, you know. I, I think I would, it would uh,
1: increase excitement. I think it would increase excitement if there weren't lollygagging. And I'm gonna call it that. I'm gonna call it these grown men lollygagging. For those 62 games, if they know that like all these games matter, we're gonna we're gonna see actually this year what real baseball should look like because you got 60 games to prove that you deserve to be on top. There's no resting. There's no not be. I feel like there are more videos of MLB players dicking around in the clubhouse, dicking around in the dugout than there is of them making plays on the field. <laughs> Dude, putting bubble gum on each other's hats. Throwing,
0: throwing towels and something, dude. They, and making
1: $3 million for that game.
0: Two for one game, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So there's, like I said, no need to have 162 games. They're perfectly fine. Like, I think 100, maybe, go, maybe you start out going down to, let's say, 130 one season you know what i mean if that works okay cool then maybe you bring it down to let's say 120 the following year things like gradually He's slowly
1: t- slowly chipping days. away
0: and if it works then you're good because you know what i get it it's a it's a money thing it's a it's a funny it's a business but you don't need to pay someone 250 million dollars <laughs> hey rod you know what i mean so, <laughs> so hey
1: listen he was paid by a team that was run by george w bush what do you expect
0: <laughs> exactly i just don't i just don't think it's necessary but i digress so let's let's move on uh oh let's get into some for f- more football news and oh, actually
1: football. <laughs> dude i'm uh, been all ready to. <laughs> I might have voted for Trump because I'm a racist, then let's get it started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Don't <laughs> don't don't jabs out there early. Come on now. Oh, we're not even in hey, season. It's, <laughs> it's all love, boy. It's all love. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even in the season yet, man. Damn. <laughs> Show us how you really feel, bad. Sure. Dude, let's get into it. Um recently jet safety Jamal Adams announced that he is wants to be out of New York. He wants to trade. Um, I don't know if it's just, if it's an Adam Gase thing, if it's an ownership thing, or it's just a damn New York Jets thing. Because <laughs> the whole entire organization uh, is a mess. Um, <laughs> it's one thing they're consistent at. <laughs> right. Um, shout out to all the Jets fans out there, by the way. Um, but uh, w- will they trade him? And if it, or even should they trade him all dead? Because I don't see why they should.
1: Um... They should probably trade him, but they won't. Um, let's let, let's be honest. Who in this room believes that the Jets won't get a top 15 picks next year? Right? They might as well stack value for the next coach because Adam Gase isn't turning this ship into the right course anyways. I mean, he's brought in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, um, the running back from uh, uh, Fred – not Fred – um, he used to play for the 49ers. Uh, Frank Gore. He brought in Frank Gore. You, have, you just paid a buttload of money to have Le'Veon Bell. You should be focusing on repairing the offensive line so that exactly. your quarterback has time, your running back has room, and lanes you should be replacing the fact that you just lost uh, Robbie Anderson as your number one wide receiver to the Carolina Panthers. Who's, no. not, who's not
0: a number one wide receiver in my book. but uh, Who's, who's not, not a number one receiver
1: in your book, but continue. look at the offense he's going to, right? They just mm. need to open up lanes for Christian McCaffrey. But, again, Adam Gase is not doing enough things to make me think they're not going to end up being one of the top 15 worst teams in the NFL and have that high draft pick. So why not start t- stacking picks? if you can, you're, you're not going to stop a bunch of points. You were giving up points left and right last year, so you might as well move him for something to work on in the future because we know Adam Gase is not going to be there.
0: Yeah, but I mean, why not go after weapons first of all? Like you said, they bring him They bring in Frank. or they even sign Joe Flacco, former Super Bowl winning MVP? As, oh, as a I don't vet, even waste as my as time vet.
1: thinking about him. He's trash. <laughs> we can continue. <laughs> you know,
0: but why not? Um, if you're if you are going to trade Jamal Adams, I trade him for weapons, dude. I need I need weapons on the field. I need Sam Darnold to have some sort of confidence when he steps on that field i throw this ball a 50 50 ball up i know my receivers got a, I said, a damn good chance like you know what i mean um dude you, you there's no weapons for sam donald i'm sorry you know yeah repairman crowder uh, mims I, i'm sorry They're a way not- better
1: college quarterback prospect in my opinion coming into the league than some of these other guys that were uh drafted in his same year
0: yeah you know it's just it's uh I think Sam Darnold needs help. He didn't use Le'Veon Bale as much as they one. They're, they're trying to – they said they're going to limit his workload. I don't know why he had an entire season off before he came to New York. So, it, to me, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you need to bring in weapons for Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. You need to develop that receiving core. You can get a, 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 maybe a high-level tight end for him to get his, get him on track. So, will they change Jamal Adams? I don't, think, I don't think they will, but I think at some point if he becomes disgruntled – in the locker room and it affects everyone then then maybe they will right now I don't think they will that's my answer for right now um but I think eventually if it thinks you know he's throwing a fit and he's not reporting you know things like that they might but I say you get weapons for him for Sam Donald Uh, when it
1: becomes detrimental to the activity of team I'm sure they're going to have to make a decision
0: exactly exactly there you go Uh, Moving on, um, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott has finally signed his franchise or will be signing his franchise tag. He did not get the long-term deal that he's been looking for that we all thought he would. Um, Is this really the right move? I mean, should he – hold out and just kind of wait for a long-term deal now technically if he doesn't sign the deal he's actually not he's not on the roster because his contract was expired so he could really just sit out there and not not be getting paid you know what i mean so i don't is it the right move for him i probably say if the cowboys are not going to give him a deal then yeah, he's got to make some money he wants to obviously play he wants to be on that roster he wants to make money so i get it from his standpoint um but i'm just curious why is this just still not done they jerry jones believes in Dak so much that he thinks he's their guy he's this guy what's the what's the holdup here from getting this long-term deal done
1: so you know so just so the fans know when you sign your franchise tag all contracts have to be ratified for nfl's between for nfl players and the teams by july 22nd so really just signing the franchise tag gives them more time to negotiate what they got to do um and which is make him the highest paid quarterback in the nfl uh, because Kirk Cousins has already set the bar for a minimum of three years of 30 million guaranteed. And uh, because he signed the franchise tag, that means that they're going to be paying him about 31.4, 31.7 million dollars for this one season. So at I'm least not at sure. least 31.4. Exactly. And I'm not sure why he hasn't already signed what is about to be 125 million, 45, uh, four-year contract with a hundred million guaranteed. Like that's just the way because they have not controlled the quarterback salaries and they've just let them balloon. This is what you're going to end up with. So I don't know why the jockeying and you know what you should look at. Again, this is one of those injustice things that I feel like the NFL perpetuates against certain ethnic, certain players from ethnic backgrounds, because we are here debating why Dak Prescott doesn't deserve this amount of guaranteed money that they've are, that a team has already given to Kirk Cousins, which means the next time somebody gives quarterbacks money, he's going to make more than that guy. But the Carolina Panthers early this year under the radar without any smoke made Christian McCaffrey the highest paid running back in the NFL. And no one has said anything gave him more money than Zeke. Please tell me if you feel like that is him making money because he is the highest the, the, the best prospect for a running back or is the best running back in the NFL and deserves the most money or because that is the game that is played because of where they are at. They don't have many other options. He is the, almost the entire offense. You had to pay him. But there was no gesticulation. There was no, well, does he deserve that money? Is he more of a gadgety running back and not really a between-the-tackles running back, which you get both of those things with Zeke? And why do we just up, up and pay him and say nothing about it? They always – it's and if this was a quarterback who was not African-American, I don't think we would have this argument, and I think the contract would have already been done.
0: Yeah, I mean – Quite frankly, I'm I'm still surprised that it's it hasn't been done. Um, I think it will get done to a point. Um, I don't think they're going to double franchise tag them, you know, back to in back to back years.
1: Given um, that and, Le'Veon Bell business, which right?
0: Is what, right. I don't think why that'll, Le'Veon Bell left. Yeah. Right. I don't think that'll happen. Um, but um, I'm just I'm just like I guess I'm very surprised because, like I said, Jones believes in him, quote unquote, so much that you know and then why wasn't that, why isn't why isn't this done maybe like you said if it was somebody else like an Aaron Rodgers deal boom would have been done immediately you know what I mean a Ben Roethlisberger deal would have been done immediately you know um is that is it a cultural from a cultural standpoint I don't know I'm not going to put in you no know, somebody else's words um but it, it's it's me. he now he can make more money like you said before he's going to make at least 314 he can make more money depending on bonuses and where the deal may be structured if he does sign a long term deal um but it's to me, you know, it's it's just it just shows this is what the Cowboys have come to. Yeah. Jerry Jones still running the show as the owner, as the president, as the GM, yeah. controlling every aspect. Of why? Because he wants to. Because yeah. that's what he that's who Jerry Jones is. If you Sherman, it,
1: Sherman, what is a what is a long term deal? What do you think a long term deal
0: for for somebody like that? It's at least yeah. it's at least five years. I okay. would say at least five years. Given maybe 150 to 160 million dollars, um, you okay. don't do any. I think four. I think it's a little silly. But at least five, maybe even maybe even six years at least uh, going out. That's a long-term deal. If you really truly believe in he's got, he's, he's only 20. Remember, Dak is only 26 years old. Okay, yeah. he's going to be making this year. He's going to be making more money than he did in total on his rookie contract. You know, yeah. you pay him when he can. You've got like you said, you've got Zeke. You've paid your you paid your running back. You've paid your wide receiver in Amari Cooper. Yeah. And you got to have a sacked offensive line. This team is building to win. You know, they're still making some mistakes. You know, now with a new coach and Mike McCarthy, we'll see how it turns out. But yeah. if they're on the rise. They need a couple more pieces defensively, I would say. But this team is beginning to build to win. Yeah. So pay your quarterback. Because that's the most We all know. Everyone said that's the most important position in football, right? It's the quarterback. Absolutely. So pay yeah. the man.
1: Pay the man. I honestly think that long-term deals now are going to be three years of guaranteed money with an, an optional fourth year, just because of the way the salary's going and how much this money. Like I said, Kirk it's Cousins only three, worked. three. Think I so? think they're get three guaranteed years, and then the fourth year they'll be the optional. Because I mean, look, uh, and even Kirk Cousins just resigned like a two-year extension for sixty-six million, which now means he's knows that he's working for a guaranteed thirty-three million dollars every year. So if he's signed an extension for 33, then Dak needs to be like, I need to be making at least 35, and that's what Mm. Dak has been saying Mm. sequentially because if you're going to keep paying Kirk Cousins, you're going to pay me because my contract is coming after. Uh, But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Let's keep it rolling. Um, All right, so players won't report until training camp. Uh, what is it going to do and how do you think is it going to affect the teams if the players don't report until training camp? Remember in the past, we've had things like OTAs that were not, uh, uh, what's it called? Required for them to show up, but it was always good for them to go there to start building their support. Mm -hmm. Everybody's always like, oh, well, he didn't go to OTAs and start building a report with his quarterback. Is he going to be behind later? Now they're not having that. While well, some quarterbacks like Josh Allen, uh, Drew Locke, Tom Brady are leading these uh, practices, these small practices with their wide receivers. What does that look like overall for the league for teams that, and how is that going to affect the quality of play?
0: It's going to be different to say the least. Um, this is what like, like you just mentioned, like, like your boy uh, Tom Brady um, is, is getting right. in that work all, you know, in, without... Uh, without officially being, you know, I guess, in the facility. um, He's in that work because you need to. You need to have OTAs, these voluntary workouts and things like that, which your team. Football is probably the most, I would say, not complicated, but the most involved sport. You practice all week just for one game. It's the only sport that happens Basketball, you can play every, every day or every other day. Hockey, the same way. Baseball, you've, you said we play two games in one day. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, it's a violent sport. Football is, but even hockey is a very violent sport. You can still play all the time. You know, you practice all week for one game. You need that, especially new guys coming into a squad where you have to learn that playbook, the ins and outs. You have to be able to, um, you know, negotiate, you know, just change up things on the fly when you're on the football field. You know what I mean? So I, I think that not being in camp, uh, until training camp starts, when that will be, <laughs> we're actually we're not really sure because things could be extended as far as quarantine and things like that. Things may change. It's supposed to be in July, of course, but things can change. I think it's going to affect the rookies as well too, because the rookies usually get in there early, early on, get that playbook down. You know, what I mean, now teams can still they're holding virtual meetings, you know, for playbooks and that, which is fine. But when you're not on the field, it's a totally different thing. Being on the field and running those plays. Is different than just looking inside of a playbook and saying, "Okay, this is what I got to do." Okay, you may get the idea, the concepts of it. Like I said, I played football before, and I know a lot of our listeners have played football. Um, And just looking at a a piece of paper is not the same thing as being on the field and seeing where the defenses are lining up and how they're reacting to certain instances in certain certain situations. So that's why I say it's going to have a disadvantage for rookies, especially guys like rookies and other players as well too. But man, you know, it's going to be different, even. If they, have, if they have games without fans, it's going to be weird, too, dude. I'm not going to lie. Because, like I said, we're still not sure. And they're all saying all points lead to this NFL season happening on time. But look at it. They just canceled the Hall of Fame game the other day and the whole Hall of Fame induction ceremony and things like that. Is that the first of many? It, it very well could be, dude. You know, and you know, how kind of hey, like- if you
1: want to cancel Steelers games, I'm fine with that. I don't need to see frat boy Roethlisberger out there not taking care of his body living on that mcdonald's diet anyways
0: <laughs> dude who knows what with him man. i saw an article the other day about him he's all about relying on his faith now which is great for him but i don't know but he can return to his old form but that's another topic but man you know i think it's going to be a different thing dude um how likely are we to have a full complete football season i don't know i'm very skeptical. to me right now it's 50 50 dude that's just me being honest. Like, I really think we're at 50 50 chance of us having a complete football season and even a, a lesser chance. Maybe, I mean, you have a bigger chance. So, I'm not sure if we're going to have football at all. You know, um, I, I, you, give me your thoughts on that. Because I, I really don't think we're at we we're, we're, we are where we need to be for it to continue as planned.
1: Agree 100%. Agree 100%. I don't think we are where we need to be for it to go up forward as planned. Them canceling the Hall of Fame games kind of under the radar does show that, okay, well, we kind of blew past our point of no return. At earlier in March when, you know, the season had already ended in February and they were just like, okay, COVID is starting. NFL was relaxed. We got time. Everybody else will figure it out. Our our country will be in control of this, and hey, a lot of these guys are friends of Trump, so I'm sure they were just like, "Oh, it'll be dis- it'll disappear, it won't mm-hmm. be around." Mm-hmm. And now here we are; the numbers are going up in the state that all of it looks like a number of uh, organizations between uh, uh, NBA and uh, NFL have felt like they can do things in in Florida uh, is now starting to dissipate. That is starting to be a battleground for where things are not going to be available to us because the numbers are going up. Uh, as far as the quality of play, I completely agree with you. I mean, there are guys who are rookies who have not been welcomed into the team, who have not made connections with those players and have started learning what it takes to be a pro at this level. If, and I'm sure some of them are looking out or seeking it out. Some of them are like actively looking to, to you know, play with certain or practice with certain players, Randy Moss, things of that nature. You hear soundbites from guys like Deion Sanders. I've been working with this kid. He looks great. He's ready. But that's not every kid. Some kids are just sitting at home. But Some kids are not Chase Young out there getting it in his Ohio State helmet. Some of these guys aren't doing what it needs to do so that when season comes around, they can take advantage of it. This is, this is one of the reasons why I don't like the idea of limiting uh, preseason games, right? This is even more reason to have more preseason games because you might see players actually playing like the, the, the first stringers might actually play in the second preseason game. They might play a majority of the pre, second preseason game and the third preseason game because they need the reps, but we're taking it away.
0: Especially guys on new teams, they need to yeah. get used with, you know, used to their teammates and get that you know cohesion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, in preseason, I, I get people. People don't watch preseason things like that. They don't care about it. They're trying to limit those games. I get it. But those rookies and those guys who are trying out, who, you know, who didn't get drafted, undrafted rookies and trying to make a squad or, you know, even just uh, a player player who, who got cut from a team last year trying to make a new team, those preseason games matter to those dudes. You know what yep. I mean that fourth and fifth or even that fifth or sixth wide receiver who's trying to make that squad, you know what yep. I mean? You know, that third string running back who's trying to be on the team, those preseason games matter. Cause that's when they get to show off their talent and prove to the coaches and the staff that they deserve to be on an NFL roster. So, right. you know what I mean? And it, but like I said, dude, it's going to be weird you know, how likely are we to have games without fans? I think it's very likely. Very likely. I think it's, I think that we're at a maybe 75, 80% chance that we're going to have games without fans in football this yeah. season.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh my God, there's, there's not going to be anyone in the stands. These guys, they're, and you think about it, an offensive lineman is overweight and has breathing problems. Those are two high risk groups for contracting COVID, right? It's going to happen. You cannot act like it's not going to. So we cannot have fans there. Fans who are drinking alcohol interacting with other people so you're lowering your immune system and you're passing along germs and then you're going to go into a stadium absolutely not
0: now you know what as we quickly you know I know we're running out of time here a bit but looking at the Dak Prescott situation is it maybe he hasn't gotten a deal because they're unsure of the revenue that they that they will be able to bring in this season because now remember if you don't have fans in the stands, it means. Less money spent on alcohol, spent on spent on food, spent on merchandising, you know, and you know that that net, and the ticket revenue right, right there alone. As Jerry
1: Jones, I have a very big stadium that I can fill with a lot of people who would drink and eat and be merry, and that stuff puts money in my pocket.
0: Exactly. Now, if you don't have that, that's a less money, that's less revenue you're bringing in. You know what I mean? So, is that the reason why Dak hasn't gotten the deal? You know, how is that going to change? How is that going to change things throughout this throughout the season if you're not bringing any of that money? You know what I mean? Great, I get it. You will have the media revenue, and will, every fans will be watching at home. That'll that'll increase. You know what I mean? Viewership will increase, like I said. But it's not the same thing, dude. Because let's face it, people still will watch football no matter what. People still watch football no matter what, whether they're at the game or they're not at the game. People are still watching football, so you still have that, you know. But without having those, you know, the butts in the seats, dude, it's not going to be the same thing.
1: You, know what I mean? and you say that the quality is there so that you can afford to pay this guy whatever he, Excuse me, he wants for this year. People are going to remember, if Dakota Prescott plays this one year on a franchise tag, then finally gets a contract with them, his second contract, like you said, he's 26 years old. He could potentially have two contracts out of these guys, one now and then one before he turns 31 or 32. And you will absolutely pay a 32-year-old Dak Prescott if he's one of the top players in the league, right? So mm-hmm. – it could hurt you a lot more if he goes back and remembers when y'all are messing around with me, but I got us into the Super Bowl. We might not have won, but on that shortened season, and you only paid me 31 million, we had it clicking. You guys owe me. He's going to hit him over the head. This is, this is a very, honestly, the money is there because they're not even, you can say that you don't want to pay him because you don't know if the revenue will be there this year. You're paying him with money from teams from before you're not Mm -hmm. paying him with now's money. You're Mm -hmm. trying to use now's numbers to facilitate the fact that you don't want to open up the vault and back up the Brinks trucks for these guys that you know that you already have.
0: Thanks. Yeah, it's, like I said, I mean, it's, but it's, it, I think overall it will still change, the NFL, you know, just like I said, for now and possibly in the future, and 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 how long will this go on for? To be honest, you know what I mean, and we won't have
1: real football till next year. We're going to be a year away. We're going to hopefully have a COVID vaccine, but I think I think mm-hmm. my life will not go back to normal for these sports. Well, excuse me, for American sports. I know that international sports have already had a plan in place they've already gotten their numbers down they're going to open up their seasons later this year and I promise you it's probably going to be normal you're probably not going to see as many fans in the stands but they're going to have fans it's going to be spaced out and America is going to be real salty watching soccer players have a good time
0: (laughs) I guess what has left to be seen Obed but I think that is going to do it for us this week here on what's the word entertainment Um, man glad to be back in action with you Um, do any last words for the people as we roll out of here
1: Stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, use your hand sanitizer. Uh, take care of yourself, America, we gotta make it.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Folks, um, glad to have you back in with us and joining us. So once again, don't forget to check us out at soundcloud.com slash What's The Word Entertainment and on Twitter at D-W-W-E-N-T. We'll be back with you once again. Oh, we will be having a very special edition of What's The Word Entertainment later on. Um, Discussing social injustice and race in America. So be tuned in for that next episode, folks. Again, we're going to see you next time. Photo bed, I am sure. Catch you later. Peace. Peace.